0: Welcome to a new edition of WCSU 411, the podcast that gives you an inside look at everything about Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz, and today I talk with an assistant biology professor, Dr. Michelle Monette, and two students in her summer research class, Skye Zelensky and Brian Burke. Every summer, Dr. Monette takes a small class to a lab in Maine where the students do original research, here is Dr. Monette, Sky, and Brian talking about their experiences. So, Dr. Monette, why do you do this summer project, the summer class every year?
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, the idea behind it was to be able to give undergraduates a, a research uh, experience, a hands-on research experience. So, uh, in the department, during regular classes, they get a lot of research um, training in the labs Um, some of them get to do one-on-one research with faculty but not everybody gets to do that so uh, this is a chance where this is a group research class that can really reach out to and and incorporate or engage more students at one time Um, so that was the idea um, to you know really Take a group of students and uh, give them a hands-on, intensive research experience where they're doing everything, from uh, starting with designing the experiment to uh, handling the specimens, uh, carrying out the the experiment, um, collecting the data, analyzing the data—really everything from start to finish. Um, and they're they're doing it at a place where uh, the the resources are different. Um, the, the focus is different, and um, or can the intensity of the experience is different from being on campus.
0: Sure. They're out in the field on desert, Mount Desert Island, right? Yes. In a cabin, basically, right?
1: Well, it's nice. fi- much fancier than yeah. a no. cabin.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like nice. high-class
1: camping. Right?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, there's essential air. You're, you're not getting hot. It's not that hot up there, but, I mean, the, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, it's not like... It's not like being out in the woods.
0: So did you design your research before you went up?
3: Yeah. yeah we designed, yeah, we are experimental design. We we did it before we went up. We kind of looked at what we had in total, like what we were going to do. We found out what genes we wanted to look at and kind of dove in from there. And when, you, we, when we got up there, that's when we hit the ground running. Man. And did you both do the same research project or different?
2: Well, ahead of time, everyone researched separate genes mm-hmm. and then we all together decided which genes we narrowed it down to four genes and then um, once we were up there we kind of narrowed it down a little bit more and decided which ones would be of most interest to us mm-hmm. um, but we all did it as a group and then what we ended up doing is only testing two out of that those four genes because we felt that we could focus most on those
3: and what genes did you choose? And um, those two um, genes, aquaporin one A, and then uh...
2: Nfat five B two. And what do <laughs> they do? Um, Nfat five B two has to do with um, regulating, regulating osmotic stress in the fish. Um, we studied um, Atlantic salmon, mm-hmm. and when they have to go to salt water. Um, they transfer from fresh to salt water, and that process is very hard on the fish. Obviously, stress happens in the fish. And um, this gene helps with that regulation of the stress. Um, it's involved with many different pathways and many different proteins, but we wanted to focus on that specific gene. Um, and we, our novel um, experiment with this gene was that we were focusing the expression in the kidney.
1: Hmm.
2: And other experiments in the past had focused on in the gill and other tissues the expression but like i said we wanted to focus more on the kidney mhm and what about yeah, the
1: for other one?
3: aquaporin it's uh it's involved in water channels and tel- it helps with osmoregulation uh, the water channels allow molecules to come in and out of the cell and uh, we as well we looked at that in the kidneys too hmm. so it was pretty cool
0: so, it is interesting about how these salmon uh, are born in freshwater streams and then they go to the ocean, which is a completely different environment, really.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's yeah. still
0: water, but it's completely different. Yeah. So, uh, why do, what is the benefit of salmon to salmon to be able to do that?
3: The benefit yes. for the salmon to do that? Well, uh, going from, they're growing, you know, and as they age, they, they get bigger. And when they hit the salt water, they have a whole new array of of food that they can eat and nutrients that becomes available for them why aren't they just born on the ocean then well
2: there's less predators in freshwater, exactly Mm. so um they're born like in the gravel Mm -hmm. and then um they're able to mature better um and then once they're at a certain point which is called a smolt then that's when they'll start going through the process and then go on to saltwater so that they can
1: grow into this big adult salmon mm. that we know of.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I've studied salmon for uh, many years, but the, the cool thing about this project and the cool thing about going up to Maine is that um, the students are working with smolts, the fish that are migrating out, as Sky said, um, and they're working with these fish that are pretty much at the exact same life stage as the fish in the rivers in Maine that are not too far away from where we're staying Mm -hmm. so uh, at the time that we were up there at the uh, beginning of June these smolts are actually migrating out of those rivers Um, so the project is really very pertinent and relevant to the state that we're in and the location that we're in Sure. Um, and also these salmon uh, around the rivers that Close to where we were are uh, protected by the Endangered Species Act, so they're actually endangered. Hmm. Seven hmm. endangered rivers um, for salmon in in Maine, and they're really the lasting, naturally spawning salmon populations in the north in really? the northeastern United States.
0: Wow! So there are some salmon in Connecticut, aren't there, in the Connecticut River or something? Are yeah. they introduced or? They
3: are. Yeah, they're introduced. Uh, I actually salmon fish in December. And I have salmon fish in the octic river, but they do stack the Noctuck rivers with uh, the salmon.
0: No kidding. Hmm. So uh, um, how do you go about finding the gene in the was it the liver of the salmon kidney, kidney? The kidney. and then examining it?
2: Well, personally, when I did my own research, I used our library. Mm-hmm. West mm-hmm. um, I used our resources and the reference librarians to help mm-hmm. me find um, pinpointed ideas of how to find interesting pathways and physiology of salmon. Um, and it's actually anyone can do it. It's very easy. Um, and then as a group, then when each of us had a paper, a research paper, we would go
1: through it, read it, and then see how interesting it was. Yeah, so there's no textbook for this yeah. course. So the textbook is the primary literature. Mm-hmm. So the students, the first week when we meet, they're diving in and reading, reading papers um, as much as they can and um, there's some constraints on the project they can't do you know they can't ask any question that they want because uh, we have a set number of fish that we're given that we're working with for our experiment I have to write I cook animal care and use protocols in order to Hmm. to use these fish so there's some restrictions there Um, there's limitations in terms of the space that we have the number of tanks so this is kind of Part of the challenge that I like to give the students yeah. too, because uh, they have to pick a question um, and work within the constraints that were given. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're seniors now. Are you seniors going into seniors, or are you graduating?
3: I'm, I'm a senior. Uh, I have two electives I need to take before I graduate, and mm-hmm. um, I, this is my senior research. So in the fall, I'm gonna go. I'm coming here part time, but um, I'm done in December. Great. But for Sky, you're going into your senior year, right? Yeah,
2: I'm going to senior year. I'm a few credits ahead of schedule, um, but yeah, I'm going to senior year.
3: What a great experience, though, to get this kind of
0: recent, oh, hands-on research. It's yeah. amazing. It
2: was so awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So great. It was. It was an awesome time. It was when we talked too. I was like kind of reflecting on all my classes here at Western, and which one did I like the most? And you're going through it, and I hit my senior research, and I'm like, wow, I, that that was the class. That's mm-hmm. the one. You know, uh, you don't get an opportunity like that usually at Western. All the senior research that's done in the fall is is done at, at the school, mm-hmm. you know? And to be able to go out to Maine and, and to work in a lab, like a, n- a nine to five job, and to fe- actually feel like a biologist. I was
2: just gonna say that know? I felt like a real yeah, biologist. Yeah, you felt like a real researcher
3: <laughs> yeah. and a real scientist, because you woke up early in your job, you ate breakfast and got to the lab. You had a little free time, which would be like your lunch break, but then you go back to the lab mm-hmm. and continue and on and on. And that was, that was the best part about it.
2: Yeah, normally I um, did independent research with Dr. Winnett and um, it was a little bit different than that because we were in a group and we were also in Maine. So I was able to compare them, mm-hmm. they were both great, but I think that this class really showed me like the outside perspective of how biology is in real life and yeah, it was definitely one of the best experiences I've had at WestCon.
0: And why did you? how did you end up at WestCon, each of you?
3: So for myself, uh, I applied for a bunch of schools. I originally wanted to go to the military, and uh, the vice principal of my school, he was my honors English teacher, uh, he was, came really close to me, and he was like, hey, he's like, you got the grades, everything, you should go to college, and if you want to do military after that, you could do that, you know? And I was like, okay, well, I wanted to go to Quinnipiac, I wanted to go to Yukon I didn't really think of Western at first, and then I saw the prices of Quinnipiac, and I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. And so he took me on trips for a couple schools around uh, a couple schools around the state, and I went to Western, and I loved it here. I saw the split campus. I loved it here. Uh, I got I had a great guide, and uh, after that, I ended up getting recruited for football. Huh? So it was like, it was like the best you can get. You know, I got recruited for football, and I already loved the school, and that's why I decided to come here. That is great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I actually have a little bit of a different story. I um, out of high school, I went to a different college mm-hmm. in Boston, and. Um, I decided to come back to Connecticut. My twin sister had already been studying here. Hmm. Um, So I had toured Westcon though, so I knew I liked it. So then I, I decided to come here for my sophomore year, and I've been here ever since.
0: That's good, and it worked out. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it here. That's good, we like Mm -hmm. transfer students, too. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I've had a lot of students that have worked with me uh, one-on-one you know, in my lab or as part of this class tell me that uh, they love Western because of the small class sizes, because of these opportunities to work closely with the faculty one-on-one and get these types of hands-on experiences.
2: Yeah, at my old school, I would never have been able to have experience working one on one, or even the class that we went on. Yeah, that was not even a possibility. So it was great that Westcon offered both those things.
0: This kind of graduate level work, right? Yeah, this kind yeah, of yeah. yeah. It's cool, stuff. definitely. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We worked on um, a RT PCR machine and. Um, a lot of undergraduate students don't get to use those until they either go on to a biology job or even into graduate school as I'm pretty sure you told us in Maine, we were talking about it. So it was great that we got to have that experience as undergraduate students mm-hmm. we had kind of a leg up.
0: What yeah. does that machine do?
2: Um, the RT-PCR machine is able to tell us Um, quantitatively how much gene expression we have. Mm -hmm. So in the past, we were able to use more of a qualitative, so whether or not the expression was even there or not. Mm -hmm. But now we're able to even see the levels of expression, which then you're able to do statistical analysis and make more data Mm -hmm. (laughs) of what you're trying to study, which is great for research.
0: So you part of what you're doing is studying uh, the stressors on these animals, right, in their mm-hmm. environment?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we, um, I mean, there's kind of two avenues. Like my lab is very interested in just the basic cellular and molecular mechanisms that mm. fish are able to tolerate seawater, move from freshwater to seawater. Um, and a lot of these mechanisms involving genes and proteins are uh, relevant to all sorts of animals. Um, even humans, mm-hmm. the same mechanisms that we have in the kidney that allow us to overcome dehydration and things like that are uh, in the gill of the fish. Hmm. So that's definitely one um, importance of the research. Um, another is uh, the, the hatchery that we got the fish from. They're, uh, doing, they do artificial selection to breed salmon for the seafood industry. Hmm. So um, they're really interested in genes uh, that are linked to fish, uh, stress, different types of stressors, like, like low oxygen, um, crowding stress, things that they might experience in the, in the hatchery. And Mm. then also salinity stress because they're going to be going from freshwater into seawater at some point in their lives. Mm. So, yeah, so the, so the research is really, um, also applicable to, um, the salmon that are in Maine, both from understanding, you know, how they're going out into the ocean and then from the hatchery perspective also.
0: Mm-hmm. So the hatchery is interesting because, uh, farmed salmon has had a, not a great reputation in a lot of cases, right? Because of the way they crowd them together to be, uh, so put it in lay terms. And, um, but a lot of farming operations have been working to Fix that, right, or make it better for the salmon, and um, I guess they taste better then. But also, they uh, are uh, get less pushback from consumers too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, they tr- they do, you know, have them in ocean net pens, which are kind of concentrated. So mm-hmm. they have, um, there are some problems with uh, too much nutrients coming from the from the net pens, but mm-hmm. they they work to try to minimize that. Um, but at least the hatchery in Maine that we work with, um, they are they are doing artificial selection. So they're taking advantage of natural variation in the fish and trying to boost that to make it a faster growing fish mm. or a um, more stress resilient fish um, or a fish that has a that looks better for the, mm. the consumer market. Um, so they're not doing any genetic engineering. They're just taking advantage of the the natural variation.
0: Mm-hmm. But for wild fish, there's stressors that affect whether they can continue to be this natural population in the Northeast, right?
1: Definitely, yeah. And that for salmon in the Northeast, it's been um, unfortunately for the southern southernmost population. So in Connecticut, Massachusetts, it's been too overwhelming, uh, mostly because of other dams that are on mm-hmm. the rivers and that are preventing them from coming back upstream. So, uh, so yeah. But there's still some. Um, populations in Maine, and they're removing dams to try to mitigate that and help the populations along.
0: Are they endangered because of the dams? Or it's not so much pollution or loss of habitat? Um, I think
1: are it's they, all of those yeah. factors, mm. definitely. They, there was reports indicating you know, pollution, yeah. um, acid rain even up mm. in Maine, mm-hmm. um, dams, overfishing. And then there's also just climate change issues in the ocean itself that are really hard to... Um, to measure, so. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: it's very complex though, for these fish, right? They're moving from two different, into two different environments,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and things are happening in both places. Yeah. yeah. And they have these complex systems that try to deal with things. Very interesting. So what you guys are doing, your research is, will help these fish, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. and
2: help understand them a little bit more mm-hmm. so that we can aid them with their travels <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> is that what you think you'll be doing uh, are you gonna thinking about graduate school or uh, going to work or what
3: i'm thinking absolutely i'm thinking about graduate school mm-hmm. but i mean where i'm at in life right now it's it's i could i would definitely if a job came up and with i can get with my biology degree and i could Work there for a few years and graduate school part time, I would love to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, having this research experience makes me want to do more research. Mm -hmm. You know, it was that fun. It was that rewarding that, like, and we found, like, you find something, you know, it's like solving a giant puzzle, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it's like just the end of it is so rewarding and fun. It's, I would love to be a researcher for a few years and then do school part time or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd love to do research. I was, I want to go to med school, and I was thinking before I go, I'd like to. Get some more experience doing biology research, whether it is with fish or whether it's with other genes, human genes. Um, So, yeah, if the opportunity comes along,
1: I think I'll take it. (laughs) I think this is like one of the major goals of my course, also, is to break down barriers to students that think that they can't do research or that (laughs) haven't been familiar with research, you know, so to be able to. Um, see what it's like to be a sci- a day in the life of a yeah. scientist, which mm-hmm. I think you guys Absolutely felt like got, that's yeah. what you were doing, yeah. um, and and really see like okay I can do this and this is attain, you know attainable for me and something that I could see myself doing and to build confidence in the skills that mm-hmm. that they've gained and also to put everything together that they've learned um, as seniors or rising seniors it's nice because. Um, they took from genetics, they took from ecology, they yeah, took from physiology. Bio, physiology, yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? Evolutionary. Evolutionary, yeah. everything, you know, it's mm-hmm. just,
3: you start, you get into the lab and you start doing your work and you're just like, even micropipetting, you know, it's, that's not hard at all, micropipetting, but compared to some of the students that we had along, some students never micropipetted and I'm, I'm over there just, ch- 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 ch, you know, really <laughs> fast. Yep. And then while well, others are, are struggling with it, but you, you, as you go through, you know, your career and, uh, your education as a bio major you pick up these skills and you don't even like you don't even sometimes you don't even realize you, you learn.
2: it's how like to second it. nature yeah absolutely mm-hmm. you
3: know it was really cool
0: and you were up there for how many weeks
2: we were there for eight days mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hmm. eight yeah. days
0: so you got a lot done in eight days we did oh, yeah we were good it fair. was
1: intense it was <laughs>
0: we Very
2: started busy. basically then did we start saturday
1: night or sunday morning I think it was Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, yeah. so we got there Sunday. I was Saturday afternoon-ish night, and we started right at Sunday morning. Yeah, and we worked all the way through, but the it wasn't. A chore. It was the whole time. I was yeah, excited you know, to do. It what was. We were doing. It was never a chore. It was never yeah. like,
3: oh, I gotta go to the lab today. It was like I woke up and the first thing was like, okay, let's go, let's get it done. You know, yep. let's get this done. It's it's it was it was cool. It yeah. was it was very nice. You know, and we did have some free time up there. We got to visit um, state park up there, and we went into town into uh, what was Bar that? Harbor. Bar, Bar Harbor. Harbor. Yeah. yeah, I went to town a couple times, which was nice. You know, mm-hmm. I got to see what Maine is like and the people up there, and it was it was it was very rewarding.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I, I keep them on a tight schedule <laughs> both both for fun and for work yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Well,
0: you have good students, but it's a responsibility for you too that's a little bit different than the daily classroom too you're keeping track of uh, several uh, young adults at once right
1: Yeah yeah so yeah there's that added added yeah. uh, component of the class for sure but um, I think the benefits of that, of taking these students um, and the experience that they get at far, you know, at far outweighs that that burden of yeah. having to keep track of you guys, yeah. <laughs> keep you out of trouble. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think
2: you know, it was that difficult to keep us all. Yeah. in rain.
1: It, yeah. it helps that they're kind of stuck uh, at the lab. Yeah, yeah. without yeah. without, no without a lot of no transportation, transportation yeah. outside of the lab. So, <laughs> so there's
3: no really leaving. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, so.
0: Are you right on the water there? Or yeah. There? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right
2: on the oh, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, there's a, I think of that picture of Corey and, and uh, um, Peter, like, pipetting and doing these RNA extractions, oh, right. yeah, and, the window and, right and there. then there's the window of the uh, the bay right there, mm. Salisbury Cove yeah. Bay, so. Um, and the it, sunset. It definitely yeah. doesn't <laughs> disappoint, yeah, the, the nature, set natural setting of the lab does not yeah. disappoint up there.
0: Mm. <laughs> but, but. So, Doctor Monette, you—I've uh, read a little bit of what you've talked about your research and uh, this, this, the things that you've been doing, and the students do uh, do relate sometimes to human uh, treatment of human or ex, uh, examination of human disease, right? Especially in the kidneys and, mm-hmm. the, um, I guess, hypertension sometimes, and
1: yeah. So, yeah. So some of the. Um, proteins that I've studied uh, in the past in the in the fish gill and also um, in the are the same they're the same proteins that are found in the human kidney. So I've studied them both in the fish gill uh, in salmon that are going from freshwater to seawater and in the human kidney. Um, they're doing the same. They they look pretty much the same. They're doing the same thing. So um, trying to understand more about the the molecular physiology of these proteins in in any organism and the diversity of these proteins and how they work across organisms is um, helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this project that we did this year wasn't directly related to those same proteins that I've studied more in the past, mm-hmm. um, but probably, you know, some of the, the genes that we studied for sure are... Um, yeah, conserved across yeah, many invertebrates. They're mm-hmm. found in humans. Other mammals. Um, and the cool thing about studying fish, studying these proteins in fish, is that um, fish, because uh, of their evolutionary history, they've had their, their DNA duplicated several times. So now they have different copies of the same gene. Hmm. They're called paralogs. Um, and uh, as a result of this, these genes can go on and kind of change... Little by little, and start to change their structure, start to change their function, and then they can have a new function yeah. in the fish. So we kind of looked at that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I
3: saw. I mean, while doing my research before doing my actual research, uh, <laughs> you you saw that the different there was different paralogs that was found in different tissues, and they started to have different functions. That's and interesting. That was that was really yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool. I I couldn't believe that.
2: Like with uh, Nfat five b two. Five B two kind of means that there's other paralogs of that same gene. That's not the only gene. There's other Nfat genes, and same with the aquaporin yeah. one. Hmm. Aquaporn one A, one B. Mm-hmm. So there's other genes that might do a similar um, thing in the fish, mm-hmm. but we're focused on that particular gene and if it has a novel function that the other one doesn't have.
0: Mm-hmm. Do humans are they paralogs? Is that what you call them? Mm-hmm. Do humans have paralogs?
1: Um, so there's um, not not as much for sure as the the fishes because like like I said in their evolutionary history there was uh, the whole genomes were duplicated uh, multiple times so <laughs> um, that's specific to the the teleost the fish lineage.
0: And they've been around longer than primates, right? Is that yes, part of it? Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I guess humans have situations where they can have, um, isoforms or, uh, different kind of like splicings of genes. So they have one gene, but then it can be processed differently. So that could lead to, um, having slightly different functions for the, the gene.
0: So did you get into it like these students did be into biology? You just were interested in it as a, a kit?
1: Um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, I, I got into biology definitely as a kid. Um, my father was a, is, was, is a biology professor also, so that helped get me into biology yep. for sure. Um, but I have to say as an undergrad, um, my research experiences are what really got me in. So um, I did, I went to Boston University and I did a semester long uh, marine biology program. and. Uh, It was not the traditional classes, so it was kind of similar where we had uh, a whole semester I took four classes, but they were each three-week intensive classes. Mm. So I just focused on that class for three weeks, and it was in a different setting. It was at the um, Marine Biological Lab in Woods Hole. Um, So that kind of like getting away from the university and then intensively working on a research project for several weeks... That's really what gave me the inspiration to keep going into research.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And did you, have you now in your career as a female professor and biologist, have you um, found that as a woman you have different um, uh, obstacles than maybe your dad did or uh, men would now?
1: Um, that's a tough question. <laughs> so... I mean, I feel I, I'm sure if I looked really hard and made really distinct comparisons, there probably is some of that for sure. Um, I know, uh, you know, the last uh, I was on a panel for the National Science Foundation, um, sitting around my fellow colleagues, my fellow animal physiology colleagues, and I think there were five women among 19 of us. So definitely there's fewer women still in, in my specific area of research. Mm-hmm. Um so that does that does make it challenging. Um but you know I feel I've been fortunate and um I think if you work hard and um you know take the opportunities that come it's, it's successful.
0: So is Sky and her medical career uh, and education going to be um you think things are getting better too so that she'll have fewer obstacles or fewer uh, barriers to overcome?
1: I think so. Yeah, um, I think it's getting better for sure. Um, And, uh, you know, having these opportunities as an undergrad definitely gives her a jump start, I think, because there's not a lot, not every student is going to have an experience as an undergrad, Mm -hmm. like your experience, the research that you did nine to five for eight days is more of a graduate level, like you said, Paul. Um, So I think, yeah, having that as an undergrad, putting, being able to put that on your Uh, CV gives a boost so so that will help Yay! (laughs) (laughs) having something to talk about outside of just the the norm that you would have had in a class I Mm -hmm. think a class on campus as part of the regular semester is it gives you a boost
2: yeah yeah I think just even the fact that I could talk about it to people or even in like a medical school interview Mm -hmm. and show how much I love doing science in general and how I had the opportunity, I think it puts me in a good position. I'm glad I was able to
1: have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the goal, I mean the ultimate goal too, and what I've had in the past, this is the third year that I've taught this class, so the first year, some of the work that the students did was part of an abstract submitted to the Society of Integrative and Comparative Biology, so their work actually got outside of Western and was presented at a national conference. Um, and then uh, last year's work um, was uh, part of the, the research. I, I always try to make you know the project is larger than just what the students are doing. So the idea is, you know we're using these fish, we're taking these tissues. so what what can we do? that's you know they do part of it, but then there's a larger question and maybe another student back at Western in the fall or the spring semesters can continue the work that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can lead to some, publication or um presentation at a conference so so last year's work um was i've written a grant um to uh continue on with some of the work that they did um, and it's going to be in collaboration with a um someone else outside of the university
0: mm-hmm. Jesus that's fantastic so i just have one more question after you work with the salmon so intensively are you more or less likely to enjoy a <laughs> salmon dinner <laughs>
3: Well, we did have a salmon dinner while we were down there. We (laughs) were working in the lab, you know, and making our dissections and our incisions and taking out what we had to take out. And then we were given salmon for dinner, and I I mean, I still love salmon. I still love salmon. I love eating salmon, but it was, I didn't want salmon that day. No. (laughs) Yeah, I remember
2: (laughs) everyone else was at a hike and I had already been back at the lab or at the dining hall. And um I was like, guys, guess guess what we're eating today? And then I said, salmon and no one believed me. <laughs> I was like, No, really. <laughs> and no one wanted to eat it that day, but now it's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It wasn't the smolts that you had been working on that you were eating. No, no yeah. No. The
2: smolts look much different than yeah. what we eat. So Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: was it farm salmon or wild caught, you think?
1: Oh. the one that we ate at the dining hall. Yeah. I'm guessing it was farm yeah, salmon. Farmed, yeah. Probably. yeah, hopefully yep. it was from the state farm salmon from the state of Maine. They yeah. were supporting right. their local economy. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, great. Thanks for coming in. I love hearing about this experience, and it sounds like uh, you just had a great time. And uh, good luck on your uh, future classes and future Thank endeavors. You. Thank Thank you. Very much. This is where Barbara Viegas usually joins us to talk about events on campus, but it's summer and Barbara is taking time to rest up for her final semester. So thank you, as always, to engineer Pete Puccio and producer Scott Volpe, who make WCSU 411 possible. This podcast comes to you from Western Connecticut State University, which offers a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at WestCon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu. And when you find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, please consider subscribing so you can keep up with all the news about WestCon. After you subscribe, give us a five-star review and leave a comment. You can also reach us on Twitter at WCSU411. This is Paul Steinmetz. See you on the next edition of WCSU 411.